150 episodes. As of this moment, I have published 150 episodes of this podcast. It's been a true labor of love, and I've enjoyed every moment with you over the past five years. The goal has always been to spotlight what makes Star Wars and collecting so special and so meaningful to so many of us. For episode number 50, I shared six stories about the items in my collection, as well as their significance. For episode 100, which is one of my personal favorites, I highlighted collectibles that covered both Kenner and Hasbro, vintage and modern, prototypes and production pieces that I acquired, as well as the lessons learned along the way. And as always, a key part of the collecting journey has been the friendships that have formed over the years. There's no understating that point. The friendships are really what carry us and what we carry with us through the rest of our lives. And so, for episode 150, I wanted to do something different. Something that focused on an important and vital part of the collecting community. Something that has become the lifeblood for the in-person connections that a Star Wars club offers. This is a look at what it is like to host a Star Wars collector's meetup, and to open your door to friends and fellow collectors. This is a conversation with my dear friend, vintage collector and Ahsoka-holic F.J. Robertus, on the experience of hosting his first ever meetup. This is episode 150, and this is only the beginning. And this is Star Wars Prototypes and Production. weekend, collectors from the Empire State Star Wars Collectors Club traveled to the home of fellow Star Wars fan and collector F.J. DiRobertis. F.J. lives in northern New Jersey, just outside of New York City. He became a member of the Empire State Club in 2020, literally weeks before the pandemic shuttered in-person events for what seemed like a long, long time. If you've listened to the podcast for a while, you likely already know FJ. He is part of the Ahsoka-holics crew and recently took part in a roundtable discussion on the Ahsoka finale in episode 148. FJ is also an admin on the popular Star Wars collecting page Bespin Prime on Facebook. He was featured in an official Star Wars documentary on YouTube called Our Star Wars Stories. And speaking of stories, episode 44 of the podcast, titled Six Stories, 
F.J. DiRobertis' galaxy of vintage and modern Star Wars stories featured some funny and amazing tales behind a few of the key pieces in F.J.'s collection. He's a great guy, an asset to our collecting community, and someone who has a true heart for others and for the wonderful world of Star Wars. Last Saturday, F.J. hosted his first ever collector's meetup. It was an incredible day, and it felt so good to be with everyone once again. I wound up staying at FJ's house for 10 hours, representing the Empire State Midnight Crew, and finally returned home around 2 o'clock Sunday morning. As the thank yous to FJ and his partner Joe poured in over Facebook that night and on Sunday morning, one of the comments stuck with me for the week. At the meetup, our friend Robin Bokra was talking about the level of trust and respect that occurs at these home meetups. She said something to the effect of, you could leave $1,000 on the table and nobody would touch it. And she's absolutely right. That's a small example, but a powerful one as to the types of people a collecting club attracts and how our community has grown together. The meetups are not stodgy and rigid events. They're warm and inviting, creative and inspiring, and they've become family reunions for those not connected necessarily by blood, but by a hobby and a love for the Star Wars films, series, and toys. Earlier in the week, I asked FJ if he would be up for a conversation around his Saturday meetup. I wanted to know what it was like for him to host an event at his home, how the experience was for him, and if he enjoyed it enough to consider doing another one in the future. And I thought you might like to hear his tips and advice in case you'd consider hosting a meetup of your own someday. And whether you were there, or weren't able to attend, or didn't even know the Empire State Club existed, I wanted you to join us for this conversation. Together, we'll get a little insight from FJ on how he planned for it and how the day turned out as well as a little tour through his amazing vintage and modern Star Wars collection. So put on your favorite Star Wars-themed shirt, grab your favorite hot beverage, and let's celebrate the 150th episode in style, recapping an unforgettable October Collector's Meetup with F.J. DiRobertis. Jay, uh, a week ago today, at this time, I was driving to your house <laughs> to to go to your first meetup that you ever um, had and 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 hosted, and uh, it turned out to be a wonderful day. Do you remember your first collectors meetup? Oh, very well. Yeah, it was. Um, it wasn't that long ago. It was the last meetup before the whole world shut down. Um, it was at Ross Barr's house. Uh, Twenty. I guess it was 2020, right? It was in January, I think, of 2020. It was either the very end of January or the or first February. week of February. But it was it was very, you know, it was still in the winter. And, and yeah, it was, um, it was a, an amazing time, right? I was incredible. Um, that's where I met you. That's where I met everybody. Um, and, yeah, and I wasn't going to go. And Robin kind of dragged me to it. And she was, yeah, you got to meet, start meeting these people and get yourself involved. And, um, 
yeah. And it was a day that changed my life. Like literally that day changed my life. And that's Robin Bokra, um, who I always affectionately refer to as our space sister. Um, she yes. is pretty wonderful. <laughs> and I'm so glad that she dragged you to it because at the time it was just another meetup that was sort of in our schedule and our pattern. And Ross Barr had kindly hosted, um, he lives in Southern New Jersey and he had hosted this event and um, it was really special in that people came in from Tennessee and California and um, I think South Carolina, North or South Carolina. Yeah, um, I really did. Yes, yeah, so we had like 50 or 60 people there. It was wonderful. We had this great time. And and I think all of us were like, oh, okay, you know, hey, it was great meeting you. Or it was nice seeing you again. And we'll see you in, you know, March or April or whatever the next thing was. And then everything stopped. Yeah, completely. But if I hadn't gone to that, I, I mean, it was amazing. Like I, when I came in, it, everybody made me feel like I had been part of the the club, like for years since the beginning. I mean, that's just how welcoming everybody was, and um, and because of that, I mean, I felt so comfortable almost immediately. And then, you know, we just like you and I started, you know, keeping in touch right away, and and um, uh, I did that with a lot of people. And then during that lockdown, I you know, was chatting with people all the time on like, whether it's Facebook messenger or texting. And if I hadn't gone to that meetup, I wouldn't have had all that during the lockdown, which made the lockdown a much um, easier. It made it, it made it easier going through the lockdown. Well, I'm sure because you found people with whom you, you have a shared interest. Um, And these are also, you know, I always say it, I mean, I've said it for now 150 episodes, like these are wonderful people within our community and I think everyone really, especially early on, leaned into that idea of this is this is a tough thing, a tough challenge that we're going to have to get through, and let's figure out creative ways of staying together even when we can't be together in person. Yeah, for sure. Um, did you do you remember meeting anybody at Ross Barr's house that time oh, in twenty twenty? Yeah, I think like everybody. Like I remember, um, I think when I walked in, I think I first saw like. Uh, Chris and Steph, and then I went to like shake hands with Steph, and she's like, "Oh, we don't shake, we we hug." <laughs> and she gave me a big hug, and um, yeah, I, I I remember sitting in that room with you and Robin, and you were recording um, a Sphere podcast because you were doing a podcast that day. Yes, <laughs> um, about the meetup. So I remember sitting with you for quite a while, and um, obviously Ross and. Um, you know, I remember meeting, I definitely connected with Tom Quinn that day. And yeah, there was, I just, I can vividly remember meeting everybody and, and where I was. I remember I'm meeting, you know, Chris Letty was there and um, we connected that day. And so uh, it's very vivid. I usually don't have such vivid memories about things, especially the older I get. <laughs> I, <laughs> I, in my, I, I can remember things from when I was like two and three years old vividly, but then for some reason, <clears throat> can't remember what I had for breakfast, but um <laughs> But I do remember that day so vividly, and I think it was just it was just a pivotal moment in my life. I know that sounds kind of crazy, but I think anybody who's in this community would understand that. Oh, and I, I completely agree. I was talking to somebody about it um, uh, this week, and I had said that if you hadn't gone to that meetup, that you wouldn't have had these connections. You wouldn't have you wouldn't have been able you wouldn't have gone to other meetups in the three years since that time, you, you wouldn't have this, this group of friends that you do now in this life and you wouldn't have hosted a meetup, you know, all exactly. of these, all these things changed in so many ways. And you had mentioned that, um, 
a lot of pieces in your collection were from people and from uh, connections that you had made. A hundred percent. And you know, it's something um, at my meetup, Ron had asked me in my room, like, you know, how long have I been collecting? And I said, well, I was collecting since the nineties. And then I got out of it for a while because I stupidly went into all that modern that came out in the nineties. <laughs> but I said, I got back into vintage collecting in like 2007. And I remember what it was. It was, that was like the dawn of Facebook. Right. And I remember like seeing, I don't know, even know how I found them, but I would see groups. Um, and I think that was probably before empire states even existed, but you know, there were collecting groups on Facebook and then I would see like they would have all these meetups that were going on even back then. And then seeing all these people with these star Wars toys, it was like, I, it just, you know, ignited my passion again. And I got back into collecting. And so I was a voyeur for many years, just looking at these different groups and seeing pictures of different meetups and wherever they were. I never did. I think that I would actually get to go to one because I knew no one around me that was interested in star Wars collecting. Um, I was alone. I was on an Island and not even going to a meetup. Never did. I think I would actually get to host a meetup where people would come and, you know, and just really, partake in a great day, you know? Yeah. And I think you highlight one of the issues that always seems to be a problem and that there's this, there's this gap between when we first see elements of meetups and, and even, you know, collecting and things like prototypes where you look at all of this stuff, you look at a community and yet there seems to just, I think before Facebook and before social media, there was this gap of, well, how do I become connected? You know, and you wind mm-hmm. up kind of watching it almost through a TV screen. And I, I remember even feeling like that and listening to um, Sky and Steve's Kivecast podcast. Yeah. As I would drive to toy shows by myself or, you know, with a friend and look and, and say to myself, well, you know, they, they just went to Washington, D.C. for this international collector's event. Like, how do I, how does that even happen? Like, there are these people that exist, but who are they? Where, where are they? You know, how do I get in touch with them? Yeah, exactly. And I, and I had never at that point, uh, like 2019 was my first celebration, the one in Chicago. I had never been to a Star Wars celebration. So I know a lot of people would meet there and connect, but yeah, I maybe went to an occasional toy show, but just like you said, by myself, um, and bought a couple things like, like a local toy show, maybe like at a hotel or something. But yeah, I never really, I just kind of saw it as this entity that was like outside of me and beyond my reach. So you had said that um, when you had left Ross Barr's meetup in 2020, that you were really touched by how comfortable people made you feel, um, how how you had connected with so many people, you know, in, in one moment, in one day. Um, what were some of the other things that you took away from that meetup? Um, I just, but I think it, it was just true friendships that I was seeing. It was, um, and then I saw this at every meetup since and at mine that, when you go to someone's meetup, yeah, of course you want to see their collection and you want to see how they display things. And you want to see, you know, even if they have things that you have, how are they displaying it differently? And you get inspired by others' collections. But it's really, to me, at every meetup I've ever been to, including my own now, the collection is just the backdrop. It's sort of just there. And it's just facilitating this time to gather with like good friends. Like, you know, it's not just you know, it's not just like coworkers, it's, it's really good friends and getting time to bring people together who live far apart that can come and hang out. And so that to me, that's what I first saw at, at Ross's. And then 
I think the next meetup I went to, I think, the, yeah, it was FonzCon after and same thing there. And both had beautiful collections that were inspiring and it was great to hear about them and their stories behind some pieces, which are awesome to hear that too. But it's really just the friendships and, and being together. I think that's what, you know, really stands out for me. And FonzCon was another special one. So that's our friend and fellow Asocaholic, Fonz Napolitano, um, who lives in Syracuse, New York. And, um, and I, I mean, he always throws, you know, an amazing event. Um, and it's always nice to, to kind of get up into that region of the state as well. Um, I'm glad, though, you brought up the point, and I think a lot of us feel this way, is we look at our respective collections and we say, oh, I, I can't host a meetup. I don't have the collection that this person has or whatever it is. Um, and, and I think, I think you make the best point and, and probably one of the most, um, the core points that, that I, I would hope that we'd want to get across, you know, which is it doesn't matter. Like a, a meetup is never really about the, the pieces you own or the collection you have or anything like that. It's a backdrop, uh, for, for really, a family reunion, getting people together who want to be together, who get so excited. They count down like it's a concert and they all, you know, we all just want to be in the same room and, and, and connect and hear about each other's lives and, and build memories together and laugh. And I can really say your meetup was just, it, it did that in, in such a wonderful connective way, especially, you know, at, toward the end of this year, like it, it's, it's been really one of the highlights. Awesome, David. I'm glad that you felt that way. And I think, and just kind of piggybacking off of what you said there is if I could, if anybody is thinking about like having a meetup at some point, like just do it. Even if you have like, even if you only have like one cabinet of stuff, who cares? Like, and I, and I say that coming from, because literally I think I texted you like the day before the meetup, or maybe it was even the day of the meetup, you know, I don't know. I'm still a little worried because, you know, I hope people aren't disappointed in my collection because yeah, I do have a vast vintage collection and some other stuff as well. But like, yeah, there are people in this community that have just, you know, amazing things that I, you know, financially just will never have. Like I'm never having a rocket bot firing Boba Fett. And I just got into a droids run recently carded run. And my friend Mike was like, Oh, now you're going to need the the licks <laughs> and the, and the Boba Fett. And I'm like, I know that's not happening. Like I, that, that's something that's left out of like, my collection. So right. I know that it, I'm sure I'm not the only one who thinks that way, but like, I can't have people over. I see all their collections people have, and I don't have that. And, and so I did feel that way a little bit right up to the meetup. And, and that quickly diminished because when people were here again, they were beyond complimentary and just, you know, you know, just loving the way that I lit things up or displayed something. And, and then again, the collection was sort of just kind of dissipated and it was just about, milling around and talking to everybody and just being with everybody. So I think now I would never be intimidated again. And I hope that maybe somebody hearing me who's thinking about having a meetup, just do it, just do it because this is the most non-judgmental group of people you'll ever meet in your life in this empire state club and beyond. And even some of the clubs that are kind of like our sister clubs, right? There's there, it's no judgment zone about anything. Everybody's just happy to be together and appreciate what, whatever it is that you have. Um, and that, I kind of knew that. Of course I knew that going in, but you have that, you know, a little bit of worry. And, but then after experiencing it that day, yeah, there's, everybody's just amazing and there's no reason to ever feel that way. Yeah. And it's one of those things too. And I, I, cause I've been trying to figure out what makes this 
so connective and and why do people keep coming back and i think a big part of it is that they want to you know it's yeah. not an obligation um it's not something that somebody sees on a calendar and goes oh i have i have to go to this person's house where i have to you know it's again it's like following your favorite band and seeing that they're going to play somewhere near your hometown you know in october and finding yeah. out in, in August or September and then marking on the calendar and just mentally every day counting down, um, you know, preparing, you know, going through your head is what songs are they going to play and who am I going to, um, how many tickets am I going to buy? You know, who am I going with? And all of that, because it's, it truly is an event. It's something that you, we, we all look forward to being with one another. Um, and I, I think that's a big key part of what has carried this hobby and has made it so dynamic, you know, and just knowing that I was going to your house, um, you know, to, to see you and, and also to see your collection you know, that we've spoken about for years. Like that was, mm-hmm. that really meant a lot to me to be able to, to do that and to do that in the company of our friends. It is, and I think it goes back to like, I mean, I'm sure everybody that was here last weekend, I'm sure at some point in their life was felt alone in their passion for star Wars collecting and in their collecting and they don't have, like, I have friends that come over and see it and, and like, are, wow, this is pretty amazing, but they don't have that connection to it. So I think I, for myself, I felt so alone in that collecting. So when you're here at a meetup um, or going to the annual and, and you're with, you already know that you have this one commonality with all of them and that one thread leads to all these other threads of things you have in common. So like, I would say most of the conversations I was having here on Saturday were not about Star Wars. We're not about my collection. They never are. Somebody yeah. asked me. Yeah. So I think it's just it's just all that. It's just, it's just a, a great a great connection to have in your life. I'm I'm really glad you did it and that you took that step. Um, so why did you want to host a meetup? Um, I think to finally be in my space where I didn't feel so alone with my collection um, to, yeah, just to have people here appreciating it in a way, like obviously the, I want to host a meetup to be with my friends because everybody, like now um, everybody that was here and even people who couldn't make it, they're my friends. They're not just people I know that are in a club. They are my true good friends that I know I could count on. And I know they can help. They know they can count on me for anything. Um, so it was just, I have this backdrop of Star Wars in my house and I've had lots of different gatherings of other people. So it's just to have a gathering with people who have this passion that I do. I think just the energy in the house is a different energy than it is when I just have, you know, other friends over, if that makes sense. Like it's just uh, the force, I guess. <laughs> the force is just a little bit stronger. Um, and I was hoping for that and and it blew away my expectations. Like, so that the, the feeling of the force in this house um, with everybody here with that shared passion, I just think makes just the general conversations richer and more exciting. And I don't know, it just feels like family. It almost felt like I had like a family holiday here this, this past weekend. Yeah. And it's amazing too. I was saying this to a friend last night, the people in our community are really dynamic. They have these amazing interests, you know, these, these different professions. Um, they have hobbies, uh, in, inside of collecting and outside of collecting that are really unique. They have different outlooks and different perspectives on, on life, on the world of star Wars, on, on everything. And so 
And, and most people have a genuine excitement and want to be together. Um, and I think when you yeah. bring all that in and you put that into someone's home who also appreciates Star Wars and has uh, a really interesting, exciting collection too, like it, I just walked around and I kept kind of popping into your collection rooms from time to time and either joining in on the conversation or just listening to what people were talking about. And I found that fascinating. Oh, absolutely. And you know, what's interesting too, like there's so much, I mean, in the world in general, there's so much, you know, division and divisiveness, and especially in our community, there is, you see that that's why I try not to try not to go on Facebook too much anymore, because it's just in general, everything is so divided and, Everybody has their opinions, which they should, but I, in the social media world, everybody's opinions are, everybody's trying to knock down the other's opinion of something. And, and here there were conversations going on about Star Wars. Like there were some people who just really didn't like, you know, the new content and only like the old content. And, but every conversation I heard was just respectful. Like, like, I think I even heard somebody say something like, Oh, I can understand why you, why you like it that way. And this is why I don't, but I get it. Like it was, nobody was trying to tear each other down for their opinions and um, just lots of respect. There's just so much respect in this community in our community. And I think, you know, I know for me, the empire state club, when I came into it in, in 2017, there was this precedent that was set where it was um, an area of, of, uh, connectiveness and, and also just, um, uh, of respect, you know, and, and you mm-hmm. walked into that and you had people that genuinely were excited to meet you and genuinely, genuinely wanted to learn about you and you wanted to learn about them. And once that was established, yeah, you're right. The conversations are going to be different. It's not going to be somebody on a podium just, you know, blasting their feelings of the day. It's, it's, um, it's, a, it's an actual conversation. And that was fascinating mm-hmm. to walk through your house and <laughs> to walk through the different rooms and just to hear the, the, the various conversations that were, that were going on, the different topics being covered. Um, my favorite thing always is just to walk in and just, you know, to, to be, to join into a conversation where people are laughing and are really excited. I, I love that. Oh, so totally. Yeah, that, that was the majority of, of my day at your house. <laughs> well, good. It sounds like you had a good day. <laughs> Absolutely. Um, so, okay, so you decided to host the meetup. When did it actually become a reality for you? Um, I guess I guess when I, as soon as I posted that, um, the event on the page, which I'm realizing now, and that's why I started, um, I started just posting on the regular page. I don't think nobody was really seeing the event um, that I kind of made it just kind of gets lost up there but when i posted that event i'm like okay this is real like now you know um now i know i I gotta go through with this uh and but i never i would say my my feelings there was a bit of nerves all along but mm, the feeling of excitement and anticipation definitely outweighed all of that um, I was a little worried and we've talked that, you know, I had gone through some health stuff going on these last few months. So I was worried that I wasn't going to be able to have the strength to do it, but I powered through and I'm so, I'm so glad that I did. Um, cause I think it even propelled my health journey even for so, but yeah, that's, that's when it felt real when I, when I put that post. <laughs> yeah. I was so excited to see it um, when you did. And I know that feeling it's, you know, there's excitement and there's also a little bit of anxiety, you know, when you're, when you're about to make something official and, and post, um, I went through that even with, you know, starting up the podcast where it was like, mm-hmm. I have this wonderful idea. I want to do this. I'm so excited about it. 
will anybody listen? Will, you know, and, and I think in your head, will anybody show up? And, you know, different questions that, that we just, we run through as normal human beings. Yep. Yep. Definitely. Definitely. So as you were planning for this, did you seek any advice from our fellow collectors about hosting a meetup? Oh, definitely. Yeah. Um, I, mean, I think I went back and forth with, uh, messaging Fonz a little bit. Um, and I had extensive conversations with Tom Quinn and then I was even, um, I think like a week or two before the meetup, I had a good long phone conversation with both Tom and his, and his wife, Corey, who were amazing. Um, and I went over my, you know, I had already like, you know, made a list of what I was thinking I was going to purchase and, um, the, the food that I was going to order, I was going to order trays of food. So, um, I was really set up with that and talking with them, they, they just had such great advice that just really calmed my nerves. So like, nobody's going to worry about dust bunnies in the corner. <laughs> like nobody, like, you know, just don't go crazy, just have fun. And, um, so they definitely helped me like mentally and emotionally prepare for it as well as like, you know, g- gave me some good items to add to the list, um, of things to purchase for it. So yeah, everybody in the, and you, I mean, I talked to you <laughs> a few times, um, and you gave me some great advice and, great guidance so yeah definitely and that's the great thing about this club is that everybody's there to support you um and be there for you so for from people like tom and fonz you know when you and Corey, when you had said and, and spoke to them um what what types of specific suggestions did they share with you that you could pass on to somebody else maybe who would be considering doing a show doing a meetup well, they, a lot of things that we just already kind of said with each other, like they, they say, you know, people are there to one, they want to see your collection and they want to just be there and hang out. Um, but they gave me advice on, um, you know, just the kind of snacks to have, what people like. Um, I know the twisted tea was a big thing that I was told that people like. So I bought a bunch of that. Um, they said, you know, don't buy too many desserts because everybody will bring desserts and, and they sure did. And, um, <laughs> David, I'm still thinking about the cake that you bought. <laughs> like it's gone. <laughs> we finished it. There was a little bit left. We finished it. That was like, I, that was like the highlight food for me of my meetup. Um, and yeah. And just, you know, um, and, 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 you know, Tom gave me good advice too. He said, um, you know, people are going to, you know, call you up and ask you what they can bring and, and don't just say nothing. I got it covered. You know, they, they want to contribute. And so that was good. So when people were asking me, I would, you know, just say, you know, Oh, maybe a dessert or if there's a particular alcohol that, you know, we'll have alcohol, but if there's something that's particular, I think we might not have, you know, bring it along. Like, um, cause that's the host in me is I don't want people to feel like they have to bring anything. I mean, I want to be fully prepared, but, um, that was good advice to let that go a little bit. Cause, cause he's right. Cause when I go to a, something, I'm always going to bring something and it makes it easier for the person. If you're kind of guiding them a little bit and telling them, you know, Hey, we might need a snack or we might need this. Um, so when I put myself in those shoes as a guest at a meetup, that made sense to me because I'm always going to bring something. And so it would help if I know they could guide me a little bit in that direction. Yeah. And our first instinct is usually to say to somebody when they ask if they can bring something is no, no, no. You know, I just, I just want you to come. I want you to have fun, but you're yeah. right. Like we've been on now you've been on both sides um, of that line where you've been an attendee and a host. And as an attendee, you're looking and saying, 
hey, I'm, I'm ready to help. Like, what can I do to help? And then as a host, I, I think the first instinct is, no, no, I have it. I, you know, I can take care of it. But because you've been on that line now and because of, of Tom's advice like that, like you, you have a fuller understanding and you were able to direct people more, um, which I think, you know, that that's something that communication, simple communication, right? And that yep. certainly helps. And then it takes a little bit off of you as well. And there's one thing I re- that I realized going through a meetup that you should, if you're gonna have a meetup, purchase. It's like Tupperware, like disposable Tupperware containers, because Joe and I were trying to like send people home with food because we didn't want to keep all this food. Um, I definitely don't need all this food in the house, and so, but we didn't have Tupperware containers, so we're like throwing things in like Ziploc bags and like covering things with foil, and it was just messy. So if you're gonna have a meetup, there try. And even though my worry was constantly, even when I picked up all that those trays of food, I'm like, oh my gosh, I'm gonna have to order pizzas. I'm not gonna have enough food. And we never had to order pizza. There was still food left over. Get Tupperware containers <laughs> so that way you can like send people <laughs> home with food. <laughs> it's a great. I, I was talking to a friend who, um, as he was leaving, he showed me. He said, "Hey, I'm, I'm bringing home a few pieces of your cake." And what he had done is he had taken one of the containers that one of the other cakes had come in that um, <laughs> that everyone had finished. And then he just, he filled that. And I thought, well, that's really brilliant. That's a smart idea. Smart. smart. That's where that container went. I was been looking for that <laughs> container. <laughs> Absolutely. Yes. I think it's in Long Island City now. So. <laughs> um, so you had mentioned before that, that um, you know, with your health uh, and everything that um, there were some challenges, you know, in, in, preparing a meetup like this um what were some of the what were some of the the personal challenges and just general challenges overall that you found as a host that you were facing leading up to it yeah so i mean i don't mind sharing i have um was diagnosed with long covid um about a month ago i got covid at the end of the summer literally got it i tested positive the day we came back and after we came back from our honeymoon to Hawaii. um and so I've had a lot of trouble with my breathing and um, exhaustion. And um, so I, I was just worried that maybe I, because there were times like, you know, leading up to the meetup where I have like bad breathing days and, um, and I just, I can't take deep breaths and I just start to, you know, worry a bit. So I was worried that that would maybe happen during the meetup. Um, but as the meetup was coming, like my de- my health has definitely been, um, on the, on the upshoot. So I kind of started to get more confident as the meetup was coming that I'm like, okay, I'm, I'm getting through work. Okay. I can definitely handle this. And, um, and so, yeah, that was just my worry, but I'm glad that I pushed through. And I mentioned to you earlier in a conversation, uh, this week that, um, to me, I mean, I, I watched your energy level from when I came in to the time I left and <laughs> I, I wound up leaving at midnight. Um, and so, you know, I was there for a full day and, and you, you just didn't stop. You seemed to have that, that, you know, consistent and constant energy and you were really upbeat and it was just, it was amazing. You know, I, I looked at it and I said, if there's one blessing, even just from this meetup, it's that I, I feel like it brought you a day of, of being kind of closer back to the way that you were before COVID. Absolutely. And I think, and I, well, I've had a couple of bad days since then. Um, but having a day like that reminds me that like, okay, I'm having a bad day, um, health wise, but I know I'm going to be fine because I had a great day at the meetup. And, um, and I think just the, I just think the energy of everybody here 
I believe in energy and, and how powerful energy can be. And I think everyone's energy really helped my energy and helped me, um, just power through and, and have a great time. And I didn't even think about my illness at all that day. Whereas other days I, it is on my mind because I'm feeling it physically and then it's on your mind. Um, but I didn't, that whole day, I didn't think about my health at all. I just focused on everybody. I love hearing that. And I, and I think, um, you know, it's also, you're right. The, the energy that our friends brought to this meetup surprised me because uh, I mean, it, it just, it was, it was nonstop. I was trying to think of like, okay, there's usually like a point where things kind of quiet down a little bit in the middle, you know, toward the the evening. Um, and the conversations maybe get a little lower key and they really weren't. I mean, it was just, it was like, it was just, a, a it felt like the energy stayed at a perfect level throughout the entire day. And we're talking, you know, hours and hours. Yeah. And I will say it's funny because, you know, this is the first time Joe has met everybody and um, I've gone to all these meetups and he doesn't come because I guess a lot of people's spouses don't, some do. And he he appreciates my passion and my collection. He's just never been a Star Wars person. Um, so when he finally met everybody, he was I, he said to me when it was all over, wow, I get it. Like I get why you always get so excited to go to these things and you come back always so like jazzed and and happy and he's like every he just loved everybody everybody his nickname was george glass <laughs> from the, uh you know jan brady's pretend boyfriend yeah. I think that's what everybody was starting to think that yeah. um and i don't really have a spouse but they saw he was real and and just to see him that's another proof that this is not just about star wars he was interacting with everybody the whole day i watched him intermingle like, him and i were never together the whole day it's not like he was latched on to me he, he, all day long, I watched him talking and having conversations with different people and, and he really loved everyone and he really gets it. He's, you know, so that's another piece of advice for, for people who are having a meetup. If your spouse or significant other is not a Star Wars person, don't even worry about that because that's not what it's all about. And they'll, they'll have fun. They'll love it too. I can't tell you how many times people have brought their significant others to, uh, to these meetups. And then they come uh, and, and speaking to them, you know, toward the end of the, the evening or, you know, an event like the annual and their attitude is, um, when's the next one? Like I want to come and, yep. and, and I find it so funny because it, a lot of times, um, you, you're right. You have people who don't genuinely care about Star Wars. They're coming because, you know, their, their husband, wife, boyfriend, girlfriend, whatever is there. And, yep. um, it, it just, it, it, that's one of my favorite things because, it transcends the Star Wars fandom and it becomes something more. Absolutely. And I think now Joe will probably, I don't know if he'll be able to come to me to every meetup, but I think he'll definitely come to some now because now he sees that it's, it's, oh, that's, it's not just a bunch of nerds talking about Star Wars. <laughs> it's, uh, it's a bunch of really cool people who are not nerds at all. Well, we are, we are all nerds, but of course, cool nerds. Um, but <laughs> Um, he sees that it's just a good time. And now he's made some connections. Like he's, you know, I, I think he now will be like, Oh yeah, I know I'll see Chris again. I'll see Steph again. I'm going to see Fonz again. Like he's going to know, you know, he's going to, you know, chew David's ear off about his garden again. And then, like, I think he will definitely come to future stuff because now he knows people and feels comfortable and, and realizes that what it's really all about. And that was one of my favorite moments of the of the night too. So I had gotten to talk to Joe and um I think we were down in your basement and I, I I stopped him and I said to him, 
okay, you know, FJ's love is Star Wars. What is something that you're really passionate about? And he said, um, I believe he said cars and yard work. Cars in the yard. And I went, what do you mean the yard? And he started telling me about what he does, um, how he cultivates um, the these these arrangements and these plants and, and trees in, in your backyard. And I, I, I said to him, would you mind, you know, would you mind just taking me upstairs and, and just, um, and showing me, you know, what you've done with the backyard. And we went out there and we talked I, probably 20 minutes or so. And I was, I was astounded by what he did. And mm-hmm. I looked and I said, okay, this is, this is your star Wars collection room. You know, and it was just, again, it was, it was something that, doesn't normally occur. You can't over Facebook. It, it wouldn't really work, but seeing it in person and seeing yeah. somebody's passion from a, from a different perspective, you know, and just a, a different, a different focus. I now have a, a, a an amazing appreciation for what he does. Um, I, I say amazing cause I, I was amazed by, by, by what he did, but, um, Oh, it's, yeah. it's talent. I mean, it's, he's, I mean, like I've said, I said it on my invite that I can't, like keep a cactus alive <laughs> but joe you'll see joe's beautiful gardens and yeah. it's it's art he and i think that's where he appreciate always did appreciate my collecting and my star wars because you know we all when we talk it could sound like a different language to people like oh i got this like you know this 21 back um snaggle tooth um you know and um i've got this you know r2d2 droids card on a canadian card and like we get so specific and people are like what, what are you talking about and and that, that's Big Joe with flowers. Like I'll go to the botanical gardens with him, and we'll stop. I don't know anything about flowers, and maybe a little bit more now because of him. But he'll stop, and he'll even if it's not labeled, he'll know the name of some rare flower, and it's this crazy name. And so it's just like, and same thing with cars. Like he could talk about cars. He's been you know in his career has been cars his whole life, and so his um his knowledge of things like that it really is the same as my knowledge of things about Star Wars. I think that's where. That, that connection takes place. And I think there are also, there are parallels as well too. I, I was watching a, um, a YouTube video um, of um, John Mayer and Ed Sheeran talking about watches and John Mayer and, and actually both of them they're they're They have incredibly impressive watch collections. They're in the world of watches um, and they can tell you everything about them. And I, I think that that would pertain to to cars, to Star Wars collectibles, to really anything. That there are there are archetypes within the different the different worlds of collecting that are very similar, you know. And it's like even with cars, there are you know certain cars that are incredibly rare, and then there are certain maybe parts and pieces that are highly coveted. Um, and we have the same thing, but it's just with action figures and prototypes and you know <laughs> yep. ships and all that stuff. So. Absolutely. So did you, going back to the point where you were planning this, you had made this official, did you have any doubts about hosting? I don't think so. No, I think, I think just, um, not doubts, but like worries, like, is like either are we going to get enough people to come or are too many. I don't have the, like, I don't have a Rob, my Robin Boker's house. So like, I, like, am I going to have enough? If like, too many people come, are we going to have enough room? And I did start to, as I had, you know, kind of vented to you when, when we were looking at the weather and I was hoping for Joe really that people would be all, cause it wasn't going to be that cold originally. And the people could stay outside and, and a little bit, like some people could be outside and some people could be inside. And 
I wanted them to see his garden. So I was disappointed. And then we wanted to go see the Halloween houses. And I was disappointed that um, it was going to rain and it was going to rain really bad. So that was something I had to get over. Um, but then the rain actually like stopped enough for us to see the Halloween houses a little bit. And, and then every, it was perfect. Like everybody, I loved how the whole space was used. Like there were people hanging in the living room and the kitchen and the dining room and the Star Wars room. There were people in the basement and every, the flow, I thought that I was worried about how the flow would be. And I thought the flow was just perfect. And, and nobody just stayed in one spot. Like, like you said, sometimes you were in the basement then you were out by the garden with Joe, then you're in the Star Wars room. And I noticed that with everybody, like everybody like spent time in like every space and just flowed perfectly. And that was a little something that I was worried about. That was something that I actively did during the entire day where I would just kind of walk from room to room to see who was in there and and who I could speak with. And I had no idea who I was going to come across at that point, which was always really exciting. And sometimes you'd have, you know, 10 people in in one room looking at something or hanging out and and discussing something. And sometimes there would just be like one person in a room and you'd have a one-on-one conversation with them. Um, I was very fortunate at one point. I think I went downstairs and Tom Quinn was sitting downstairs down your basement. And the two of us started a conversation and we were talking about the Ahsoka series, and and, uh, and I joined that conversation. <laughs> exactly, you you came down and you joined it. Joe was there; he joined it. Uh, we had yep. uh, Tyler Fedigan um, was was there early on as well too. Chris Kaminsky came down, and so we, it just it was this slow build where all of a sudden, like we wound up going from two people to maybe ten or twelve, and getting into the conversation. Joe O'Neill. I mean, it, it, there were just so many yep. people, and uh, it's one of the highlights for me of, of the day. And that's a perfect example of what we were, I mentioned before is that, and in that conversation with all those people, there were different opinions. There were some common opinions with all of us. And then there were some differing opinions. Um, and yet it was just this great, respectful conversation. And it just makes me think like, why, why can't life just be like that? Like life is not about having the same opinions because that would be super boring. But like, why, why do we have to be so angry about different opinions? And why can't we just be respectful? And that conversation is proof that, that that exists. Like we all had common and uncommon opinions and everybody listened to each other and respected each other. Like that's how it should be. And I felt closer to everybody during mm-hmm. and after the conversation as well, too. And we all laughed together. And, uh, you know, that, yep. that's something that I just, I never take lightly because I, I think those moments are some of the most special moments that the ones that we remember, like that's the first memory that I have from your uh, event last week, which wow. I think is great, you know, and that's the one that, yep. that will probably always stand out in my head as the highlight reel spins. Awesome. Uh, I, I agree. That was a really great moment. So what were some of the things that you had to do to prepare for the meetup that maybe um, most of us wouldn't think about? Well, I mean, I guess you all, we would all think about this, but I, like the week before I went through both collection rooms and I mean, I took everything off every shelf, dusted every little piece, dusted every shelf, you know, windexed all of the, the glass doors and um, I have, I'll be honest, I haven't, um, I haven't done that in almost two years. Like, like I've <laughs> probably windexed the fronts of the cabinets, but I, but honestly it was the great thing was when I did it, I'm like, yeah, there was dust in there a bit, but not a lot. I'm like, wow, these doors are really good because I haven't dusted in like two years and stuff is not that bad. 
but I did that, which I guess a lot of people would do. And I did, um, one of the pieces of advice that, that Tom and Corey were giving me were like, uh, which I didn't take this advice cause I'm just, which I should have, but I didn't, um, they're like, don't, don't, so, you know, don't go crazy, you know, don't worry about the house. Like they're not going to notice the, everybody's just there to be with each other and they're not going to notice every little thing that any that dust in a corner, but that's just, that's my mom and me. <laughs> like I, I like, I can't have people over without making sure this house is, and that, not that the house was a mess before, but I like washed the floors, <laughs> dusted and cleaned. And that's just me. And, but, but they were right. They, you don't have to do that, you know, because everybody's focus was just on each other and on the collection. So yeah, straighten your house up, but it doesn't have to, you didn't have to go fanatical as I did. Tom and Corey have hosted many meetups. Yes. Um, or at least a, a significant en- a number of, of meetups where they, they know really how to do it now. Um, and so I think it's one of those things where your first meetup, even if, even if you receive advice, it's <laughs> you're, you're going to have to experience it first. And then with the site, like the, the future meetups, then it's okay. I know exactly what I'm, what I'm getting into now. I know what this is going to look like. I know how much cleaning I have to do and how much setup I have to do and what, what, how yeah. much food I need to order too. Yes. Yeah. Now I know that like that's, well, it depends. And actually I do know that now because if I have another meetup in the future and more people come that I'll know to, what exactly more to order. I did just remember one thing that I did prepare mentally for. Um, and it was advice from Tom Quinn. He said, you know, what people really want to hear is the, you know, the stories of maybe certain pieces that you have in your collection that they want to hear the stories. So I did, um, a few days before the meetup go, I went around the rooms and just kind of picked out a few pieces mentally that I know knew had special stories, like, like the Darth Vader my dad made me, or even the Millennium Falcon that, that I had as a child that has little wires in the doors because of my dad had to fix it for me. Like just, I kind of kept a collection in my mind of, of pieces that maybe everybody has, but I'll have a special meaning for me behind it. Um, so I was then prepared to have those conversations um, that day. So I wasn't as like, so off the cuff and I didn't forget to like mention something. Cause they were, you know, I had a few conversations with people who wanted to know some of those kinds of stories. So that's one thing, maybe if you're going to have a meetup, you want to do just have in mind like some pieces that are special to you that, that have, you know, a story that resonates. And, that, and that's some of the most important advice you could receive because that's really when somebody's looking at your collection, they want to know, more than just what the item is, but what it means to you, how you got it, the story behind it. And I think all of that's really crucial in forming a bond. You know, we, because we're collectors and because these items um, are a focus for us and, and they mean something to us, a lot of times that's how we connect with other collectors through the, the shared stories or through these unique stories. Um, and going back to our friend Fonz, when I, went up to Fonz to his house for the first time for Fonz con two, I believe it was. Um, he and I, we spent a lot of time and we were, we recorded a conversation, you know, going through his collection and I remember the time that, I, yeah. yeah, as soon as I finished it, I mean, I just felt so connected to him and I had learned so much about his life, his family and what meant things to him through that conversation. Um, and mm-hmm. I think, you know, as a host, you're able to do that with so many people throughout the entire day in so many ways. And I'm sure that happened, you know, multiple times, numerous times with you. Yeah, definitely. Definitely. 
So this is a good segue now, and I wanted to ask you a little bit about your collection um, because I uh, I find it really unique and interesting. It is separated into two rooms on the main floor of your home. Uh, you have the mm-hmm. office and your main collection room. Can you describe a little bit about what we'd see in your office? So my office, which was originally a guest room, which then turned into my um, remote classroom, <laughs> um, then turned into second collection room. <laughs> um, in there, you'll find um, I have a new focus in the last few years of hot toys, um, which to me are pieces of art. They're 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 somewhat pretty much limited, especially now they're new models. So you um, the limited pieces. They are so realistic and lifelike. The they actually creep Joe out because the faces <laughs> <laughs> they almost look like they're going to start moving and talking. Like the faces that they capture the actors like ridiculously well. Um, so I have that. These are premium six scale figures that are made uh, really, you know, fully articulated, um, mm-hmm. done up to the nines with you know with the, the the outfits and the costumes and the items that they come with. Like these are these are true. Yeah, these go beyond any sort of action figures or anything. I mean, these are really these are pieces of art. Oh, absolutely. Yeah, the cl- the clothing, the um, yeah, just the, the the textiles that they use for these are just so legit and so look. They look like they're popping out of the movie. Most of them, they really, really do. So I have those in here, like Detoff cases lit up, and um, and it's not like it's not like the vintage collection. Like I, I, it's you can't be at least. Well, there are people that are, are but I am not a completist. I just get pieces that that I like. Um, so it's more modern. So I have um, a lot of Mandalorian pieces. Um, and I have obviously Ahsoka and then I have a couple rays with the older Luke, which is, that's just kind of like, because I did, I loved, I did love the force awakens. So I mean, I've loved the other ones, but I did love the force awakens. That's kind of like my little homage to that. I have a Vader, um, with a best in Luke together. And that's my little, you know, homage to um, the original trilogy. So I have that in here. Um, and it will continue to grow. I have a lot, and I have a lot of pieces of those on pre-order still that will come in the next because it takes about two years once you order them to get them. So that's how special they are. So when you, by the time you get them, you've been waiting for almost two years. It's really special. So I have those in here, and then um, I have my dad's bird carvings in here. And I think that was one of the things I was most excited to show off because when I was little, and my dad, for the many people listening to this probably already know, but my dad was an artist, and he started off with bird carvings and. Um, got into painting later in life, but these bird carvings, just like these hot toys are, as you saw, are very realistic. Um, they're miniature birds and fowl, like they you have know, ducks and um, shorebirds and I have owls and they are just, that's, that's just as obviously probably even more part of my childhood than the star Wars. And uh, my dad used to have big they're still in my mom's basement because i didn't take all the birds my sister still have to go through some but that he always had big light up cases in the basement so he his star wars room was his basement with his art and he would con- light up those cases and bring people over and people would um, order they would look at the they were kind of these were like his artist proofs and then he would then um make whatever they wanted and um and would sell them so he's made over 800 carvings in his life so those, I have about 20 of them in here. There will be more because once my sisters go through what they want, um, I don't think they want too much more. Um, I'm going to take the rest and display them. They're pieces I'll never sell. Like I'll sell some of his paintings, but I won't sell these bird carvings. So that is in here. 
Um, and I think that's where I get a lot of my maybe flair for displaying is definitely from my dad. Um, so that's this room. Um, I'm actually in this room right now. So I'm looking around if there's anything else. Um, well, well, so there's, there's one it. special piece too, that's on your wall that connects you to your dad's bird carvings. Yes. So on the wall right next to the bird carvings. So back in 1982, um, I was in second grade and my dad was featured in the community life, which is the, it's like the town paper, but it's a few towns in the area and they all share this community paper. And my dad and I are on the cover of it and we're, um, admiring this big osprey that's in flight holding a fish, um, is attached to a piece of driftwood. And so we're admiring that in the, the cover photo and then I have that piece. So it's like literally almost right next that, that framed article is like right next to that piece. And I remember that day vividly because I had a play date that day and my dad was getting interviewed and they were taking pictures and they, my, my mom like grabbed me out of my play date and made me throw on this like the Tigra polo shirt and <laughs> take this picture. So, so I, I, in the picture, I'm all like smiling with my dad, but in my head, I remember, I'm like, oh, I don't want to do this. I'm, <laughs> the yelling up, I'm having a play day. We're playing star Wars. I don't want to, I don't want to do, um, but boy, am I beyond grateful that we did that. Cause that, that to have that picture with my dad and, and be involved in it and have it with next to the collection is of those birds is, yeah, that, Honestly, as much as you know, I love Star Wars. If I had to choose between the two, my Star Wars collection and these birds, it would hands down be the birds. That, that's something that I'll never get rid of. Yeah, and I don't think anybody could argue with you for that. Um, I know for me, that was another one of my favorite memories from your meetup. Um, you, had, you had talked about your father with me over the years, and you've shared mm-hmm. these images of these carvings and of his paintings. And I've never seen them in person. So I was really looking forward to seeing your dad's work because your dad is a true artist. He, he carved and painted, um, you know, these, these, uh, animals in, in such a detailed way that they look lifelike. And then he, he yeah. has a true eye as a painter. His work is, is phenomenal. And so I've wanted to see them, but my, my hope at the time, I remember thinking this as I was driving up is that I, I had hoped that I would be able to hear not only you explain these pieces to me in person during the meetup, but also that there would be other people around who maybe weren't familiar with your dad's work or, or that you had these carvings and displayed them. And the first time that I went into the collection room to see it, there was a group of people. Um, I think it was, um, you know, Ron Salvatore and, um, Oh, uh, Jason Knox and Peter Gregoric. And there were just a handful of people that were in the room and you had gotten to explain all of this and, and even the story behind the photo that was up on the wall, you know, the, the newspaper yeah. article. Um, and so that was just a real treat, you know, and again, it's, it's, it's not star Wars, maybe kind of star Wars adjacent or collecting adjacent, mm-hmm. but, um, but it was really, you know, one of those moments that um, I'm, I'm so glad, you know, happened. I couldn't have planned it <laughs> in a more perfect way. <laughs> and it was just nice to, to hear your stories and your connection to your dad. No, thank you, David. I really appreciate it. Thank you. Okay, so then we step out of your your office um, and we go into the room that's adjacent to that. That's the collection room. That's This is the main collection room. So yes. if I were going to step into this, I believe the walls are red. Is that correct? No, um, they are uh, – the one back wall is like a dark blue 
And then, oh, okay. but I know, I know why you said red though. I know why you said red because so the dark wall, the back wall is a dark blue and then the rest of the walls are kind of like a, a light blue gray. And then just talking about my father's art, the only thing that's in there that's not star Wars is a big red painting yes. that my dad did of the New York skyline because my condo, when I moved into my condo years ago, those were the colors and I wanted a pop of something different and he was doing impressionist, um, yeah, he was doing abstract uh, modern art at the time. And I asked him if he could make me like an abstract view of the New York skyline and make it red, which is a, such a weird request, right? And and he did, and it's just it's perfect. So that's the red you're thinking of. That, that is, that and that I told you it's one of my favorite paintings that, that I've seen in at least the last decade. I just I wow. absolutely love it um, because you're to to get that right. It takes a true artist's eye and, and a true um, – he had to be able to conceive the entire landscape in these different colors and in a way that wasn't um, – it, it's not heavily detailed at all. So he had right. – what he was putting into it, like those little tiny pieces, he had to get just right and he really did. So, um, and it's okay, funny so say, Sorry. I was just going to say somebody had asked me um, – you know, oh, when, when not realizing what that was, like, and saying, oh, well, when is that coming down? So you're going to put some shelves up there for more Star Wars. And I said, never, never, because this is my haven, this room. And so when I'm here on my couches watching TV, I see my dad's painting. So, yeah, I know it's not Star Wars, but it's never coming down. <laughs> no, and it, it's just, it's perfect for that room. But you're right. Like, I think because it's so striking, that's how I remember the room as being yep. red. Um, okay, so we walk into the room now. What what kind of shelves and what kind of items are, do you have on them? So I have all of my, my cabinets are a mixture of, uh, they're all Ikea. So a mixture of Billy bookcases with like glass doors. And then I have a couple of Detoff cases in there as well. Um, everything's lit up. Um, I use like these Ikea like strip lights, um, my LEDs, which they don't make anymore. So if anything ever goes out in there, I don't know what I'm going to do. Um, so it's, you walk in and on the left side, if you're walking in on the left side, you'll see there's three Billy cases, um, with each with double doors. And those are a mixture of, so I have, um, the vintage, so this room, everything in this room is vintage except for the Ahsoka cabinets. So uh, these cabinets have like a mixture of my 12 inch vintage, um, figures. Um, I have all of them in packages and I also have them all loose on the shelf as well. Um, you'll see in there things like my sand crawler. Um, I'm going to stop you for one second. Cause I want yeah. to clarify this. Cause I, I was yeah. really impressed. Um, so you have the, the 12 inch large size action figures from 1978, 79, 80, like that. Uh-huh. Um, basically bleeding in from star Wars into very early empire. And so you not only have Boba Fett in the box, uh, in, in this, in this, the Star Wars logo, but also a second one with the Empire Strikes Back logo, and you have the famed IG88 complete and in the in the box, which is just amazing. And they all you have all of them displayed, and they just all look incredible. And that, and I will say, that's one of the advice I give to collectors. If, if anybody's asking for advice, is to never say never, because I only had the I, I I had a couple of them when I was little that I have left, like um, the Luke and the. Vader or mine from when I was little and the rest I purchased as a collector, the loose ones. And I always said, Oh, I'll never get them in the boxes because they look so beautiful out of the boxes. Like why would I ever get them in the boxes? No, never, never, never. And then never say never. And I blame Mike Esposito, my friend, Mike, because he, I think I started getting them and then it, it struck a chord in me. And then he kept sending me like 
you know, links to either deal or no deals or eBay, like, look, look, look. And then I would buy them. So never <laughs> say never, never say never to anything in collecting. Although I do say never to, like I said, licks and those kind of things, but I don't have $10,000 and go throw it one item. But. <laughs> hey, you never know. All it takes is one item at a toy show, right? That's it. <laughs> you never know. You never know. <laughs> um, yeah, so that's in there. And then I have, um, you know, it was a high interest piece to a lot of people, which it, it's interesting because it's one of my favorite pieces too. I have the um, the Regal plush Jawa and I have it kind of next on the same shelf that my sand crawler's on. I always wanted that piece ever since I saw it in um, Steve Sansweet's book um, from concept to screen to collectibles. I just always thought it was such a cool piece. I got it a couple years ago. Um, it's a great shape. It doesn't have a tag because that would be a whole other level. But I love that piece. And it was interesting that I was getting a lot of questions about that piece. Like, oh, how'd you get this? Where'd you get it? And so that was that was interesting to see that a lot of people were interested in that. Um, I think that my die cast carded um, vehicles are in there. A-Wing. Um, I have shampoos, lunch boxes. So that's kind of like just a hodgepodge of, and then above, on top of that, um, so I have like all the vehicles pretty much boxed. And so there's a bunch of boxes up there of like, I think like the tie interceptor or B wing, things like that. Um, and then you move to the other side there's like a couch in the middle that that's, uh, behind the couch are my light, like my Ahsoka lightsabers that light up that are, um, installed on the wall. And then I have my lightsaber that I made at galaxy's edge also installed. And then that brings you to the, my other Billy cabinets that are all carded figures. And so how I arrange that, I have two um, of the double door Billy bookcases with glass doors. And then in the middle, I have like a, a thinner Billy with one door. And so it's sort of, I don't know, would you say cat a corner kind of like it's sort of makes a corner of the room. Yes. And so I display all my carded figures there. I thought about doing what a lot of people do and putting them on the wall, but I don't know. There's just something I like about them behind the case lit up. So I have, um, I pretty much have like, I tried to get like a run of like every figure on its debut card. Not like, I don't get into all the card back stuff. Like whether it's, you know, like I have like my first 21 summer, 12 backs, summer, 20 backs, 21. Like I don't care about the card back, but I try to get as many of them as I could on um, the debut card. Some are not like I have a couple of empires that are on a Jedi card and I just kind of, you know, I'm okay with that's fine. I'm, I'm with it, but I pretty much have every, I have every figure on the card. And then I just finished a Ewoks run. I just started a droids runs. So I have R2 and 3PO and all the power of the force. And then on those shelves, I kind of put like, so the cards are like the, the, in, um, the acrylic cases and then I had the space. I, as you, you said, I think you said this to me, like you don't leave any space unturned. <laughs> so like on my shelves, I don't leave them blank. I put like mementos, like, so things that people have given me swag that maybe be is special to me. So that's all like on the shelves that are on the, where the card backs are, if that makes sense. And then if you go over a little bit more, then you're going to get into my Ahsoka cases, but on top of my Ahsoka cases. So what I do also in my room is besides having the boxed um, pieces of the vehicles, I do have some vehicles and play sets also displayed in front of the box. So like I have my ad at, and then the box is behind it. Um, so you'll see some of that on top of the shelves. And, um, and then the Ahsoka cabinets are, I have three of the half 
size, like half height billies with two d- d- double glass doors. And those are all filled with like Ahsoka um, items, memorabilia. And then turning one last turn, that's where you'll face like, my TV and that painting that we talked about. And then flanking either side of that is um, two detoffs. And that is where I have like my original most, yeah, that's all my, my original vehicles. So I have like my original TIE fighter, my original, um, X-wing, um, all of that displayed with the box and they usually have the figures displayed with it. Um, and yeah, I think that's, that's pretty much it. Unless you can think of something else that I'm leaving out. Well, some of your, uh, your 12 and 20 backs are signed and, um, and they're signed by some pretty incredible people. Yes. So I have, um, and that on my one shelf, I have like what I call autograph row and I have, um, I have my original 20 back Luke. So I met Mark Hamill back in 1996. I think he was, he was at the Virgin mega store and he was signing, um, autographs and promoting voiceover work for some CD ROM game that he did. So I brought, um, two figures. I brought the original 20 back and the, the He-Man one from the power of the force. And he signed both of them to me. So I got to meet him and that was, that was great. Cause you know, you meet somebody that you idolize and, you, and that was, it was even beyond my expectations. He was so nice. And I spilled water all over him cause I knocked into his table and <laughs> knocked his water onto his lap and I spilled his Sharpie markers everywhere. And he was just so gracious about it. Um, I have a Carrie Fisher, um, signature on Alea, And then I have, um, uh, David Prouse on the, I think it's a, it's actually a Lily Letty, um, card back, Darth Vader, Jedi. And then, um, on a modern Vader, um, I have, uh, James Earl Jones. Cause a friend of mine was working at NJ pack and James Earl Jones was there doing like a benefit, some kind of benefit. And he brought my, one of my Darth Vader figures with him and got that signed for me. Um, so yeah, so that's a very special, um, shelf for sure. That's probably one of my favorite shops in the room. Because it's not just the piece; it's just the memories of it. It was so exciting to see that too, and and you, your displays are all beautiful. Um, I, of course, I love your Ahsoka collection. Um, you know, and I've seen pictures of it over the years, but to see it in person and to see these items, like you have some first shot prototypes, you have some carded figures, you have um, different, you have swag that was made by you know some of our friends and by people that yeah. you know, maybe became friends. Um, but you you just have such an array of stuff. My, my one of my favorite pieces is a McDonald's sign. Um, I think when they when the Clone Wars was was out, right? Is that mm-hmm. correct? Um, yeah. And it was just it was one that is somewhat translucent, so you'd put it up against um, a light box, and then you know um, parts of it would shine through. Um, I guess really before the advent of digital screens. But um, but I, I you know it was, it was finding little pieces like that where your cabinets are not cluttered at all. Um, and you have a, a good eye for, you know, arranging everything, but there was so much in there that a, a collector would really have to spend, you know, a, a nice amount of time, you know, going through. And I felt like every time I walked into that room, I saw something different. So really enjoyed it. Ah, thank you, David. I appreciate that. And well, I mean, I, and I've said at the beginning, you're the one who inspired that the Soka collection I was listening to one of your podcasts few years ago that kind of helped me to explode my collection, which is like what I find in this hobby is that we, I think we all just inspire each other to, 
to, you know, get more things or to, you know, to have certain focuses. I, I think a lot of my focuses I can attach to people, which is interesting. I love the response to your collection too, because you, you, as you mentioned earlier, you had sent me a text message and I, I think it read something like, well, I, I hope people aren't bored of my collection. Yeah, and, that's exactly what I said. <laughs> and as soon as I read it, I, knowing the items that you had and the way that you had displayed the stuff, I thought, oh, he's in for a, a, a true surprise. And just, you know, I think, I think people are really going to connect to it. And Every time I was around you, people were asking questions about your collection. Every time we were in the rooms too, somebody was pointing out something new that they saw. You know, they might've been in that room for a half hour and then all of a sudden they turned to the right or left and saw something. Um, I was speaking to uh, our friend and, and fellow Empire State Club member, Tyler Fedigan last night, and he had mentioned to me that he had never seen the box for the Darth Vader Star Destroyer, which was an Empire Strikes Back item. He had never seen it in person before. He had seen it online, but he, you know, it's just, and, and we have items like that where we grew up maybe not owning them or not seeing them. And he said, just to see that in person was something really special. And it's, oh, cool. And, right. And that, that's not something that we would ever think about, you know, but when it happens, you look and you go, oh, yeah, like I just, okay, so that box is now special because it's now the first time that one of our friends saw, saw it in person, you know, and it happened here in this room at this house. That's awesome. So what was the, the morning of the meetup like for you? So like before the meetup or before anyone or, arrived? Yeah. Um, it was, you know what I would equate it to? Like, again, I was, I wasn't even nervous. I really wasn't. It was like Christmas morning. It was like Christmas morning and you're waiting for your parents to wake up so you can open up all your presents. Like that's, that's the feeling that I would probably attach to it. Um, we did go, we, you know, we were pretty much prepared already, but we had a few last minute things to get. So we ran to Wegmans, the big grocery store here and got a little bit more alcohol, uh, a couple more things. Joe all of a sudden wanted to get like fresh flowers for the house. So he went out and bought some fresh flowers and talk um, about just, last minute. Like, <laughs> yeah, exactly. Just like last minute touches, like nothing that was really like everything that we bought was not needed. Um, so that why that that's why I didn't feel like, you know, we weren't stressed, like, oh my God, I got to go here and get this, this. The only thing we needed and we had to wait that day was like to get ice. But, um, so it was nice to be able to get more things, but not feel stressed about it because they weren't needed. And, um, yeah, it was just like, just waiting for that anticipation of, you know, who's going to be the first to come. And, and I remember thinking in my head, like, you know, thinking of everybody who was coming and, and who I think was going to get here first. And, um, and then the, the, I think it was Brian and Sandra came first and then, they were here for a little bit and then all of a sudden it just grew and grew and grew and and the the life of the house just you know just blew up it was just great but yeah the morning was just like i guess that was like waiting to open your presents on christmas morning <laughs> uh did you um well so, it, so that's brian and sandra emery and um they they were one of i think the first uh people to chime in um, when you were taking a, a roll yes. count of who was coming. And, and that's, it's always so nice to see that, you know, because people are so excited. I think Brian said that he had booked his hotel and he was, he was already yeah. to, uh, to come. So that, that's a great way to kick it off. Um, and they, they bring an energy every time that they, they come to a meetup as well too. And it's always nice to see them. They um, were, they were a great first two people to have here. Cause they just were, yeah, they had, they do, they have such good energy and it was just, it was they just kind of really kicked it off really, really great. So what was the loose outline of the day in your mind? 
Um, I think just the, I think just the way it happened. I just think I just was hoping that I was hoping that it would be, everything would just be sort of like self-sustained that everybody would just be having a good time. Like where if I left the house, like if I had to leave that it would continue without me like that, that I was just this facilitator. It's kind of like how I see myself as a teacher, you know, as a teacher, I, you know, I'll, I'll teach like a little lesson and then I'm hoping the students will then continue their work. And then I'm a facilitator and then I'm going around helping whoever needs help, but that they're, they're doing their work on their own and they're able to, you know, to take things further on their own. And that's kind of how I was hoping the day would go. And it's exactly how it went. I did not leave <laughs> except to go see the Halloween houses with a couple of people. But, um, but that's how it was. It was like, I facilitated this, but I wasn't needed. Like it was just this space now that everybody um, was enjoying. And so, like I said before, the flow, how everything was going, um, that's what I think I was hoping for. And that's exactly how it came out. Exactly how it came out. I think, I I think before in the past, I thought, you know, with these meetups, you had to do, I don't know, like, like I know at Ross's, they did something with, they did like a, there was something like an auction or or giveaways or something. They had some kind of contest. Um, And so I, as I had forgot about that. And as I was close to the meetup, I'm like, Oh, I don't have anything like that. Um, But then we know everything. I think every meetup has its own thing. So that we had the Halloween houses to go see. And um, I made swag and I have, I have so much swag left that, for the next probably five meetups that we have for our state club, I'll be bringing that swag to get out because there's tons left. Um, That's what happens. Absolutely. Yeah. So yeah, I think it went exactly how I thought it would go and, and then some and better and better. Would you say that that was your overall personal goal for it? Maybe that, that it would sustain without you if you had to, to leave or that the flow would just happen kind of on its own. Yeah, I think so. I think so. I think that's been my, because of my illness too. I mean, that's how I am at work too. Like in case I have a bad moment or a bad day and I have to leave the situation, I have to um, make sure that everything can go on without me. So I think that's been my mindset for the last few months anyway. Um, And so I think because of that, that was my mindset for this. And luckily I was fine. I didn't have to happen and I was here the whole time, but yeah. And I think, I don't know. Maybe that's just the energy I put in. So that's the energy that came out. And you had just mentioned um, the uh, the giveaway at Ross Barr's house, which was something that is is not usual. You know, it was kind of unique to that. Um, yeah. To that meetup. It was cool. But I I I saw something really special, and I wanted to mention it to you. That um, I remember I was sitting and talking to Ross Barr at the end of the night. Um, we were talking for a while, and it hit me that. Your first meetup was at his house. And yeah. then from that, three years later, he was driving up north to New Jersey to attend a meetup at your house. And I was, you know, it's funny that you said that because I think he, he kind of, um, when I put, I don't, I didn't think he was coming. And I, when I put the last um, announcement, like, I think like a week before, you know, hey, if anybody is still coming, just let me know just so I have enough food. And I like, I could care less if like 20 people came without even telling me whatever, that's fine. I just, I just want to make sure I have enough food for everybody. Um, but then he chimed in and he goes, yeah, it looks like I'm going to be able to make it. Cause I think he originally had something going on with family and then, um, he was able to make it. And that I was excited about that because it was like, he started this meetup stuff off for me. So now to have him at my meetup 
was very special and important. And I was so glad he came. Um, yeah, it was great to have him here. And he mentioned he was severely disappointed by the results. So, you know, hey, you tried, right? <laughs> <laughs> I know, you know, you can't, you can't win them all. So. <laughs> yeah, no, he, he wound up staying pretty late too, which was, it was awesome. It was great to see him again. Because uh, as you said, he hasn't been able to come out to a lot of them. So when he's, he's yeah. been there, it's, it's been nice catching up. Um, and his meetup was incredible. So that was like, you know, like all these meetups, like the bar is always set. So it's, um, you know, like I had a lot of his meetup in my head too, and I was kind of planning it. And that's what I saw at his meetup. People were milling around in different, you know, that energy flows in different places. And so that maybe that's where it kind of got in my head of how I wanted the flow to be here. And I felt like it sort of did mimic that in a way of how, where people were moving around. And it, to me, it felt like a continuation of his meetup. So I thought that was great, you know, just in, in the essence of it and in, in the feel and everything and in, in the connectivity. So really well done. Nice job. Thank you. Thank you. Was the day a fast moving one for you? Was it a blur or did it slow down at points where you got to relax and enjoy it? Um, I think all of the above. <laughs> I think um, <laughs> sure. <laughs> I, I enjoyed every moment and I and I definitely, you know, it's, it's one of those things too. Like I tried to get around and talk to everybody and you always, no matter what you do, you always feel bad. Like, you know, oh, I didn't get to talk to Fonz enough about the Ahsoka stuff and I didn't get, um, and, and I know, like, I don't, I know when I'm at a, somebody's party and they don't get to talk to me a lot. I don't feel bad about that. And I completely understand. So I know, I, I know people understand, but, um, I definitely, it, it, definitely not a blur. Like I remember the day vividly. So it's definitely not a blur, but it did fly. It was like, and it was a long day, right? So it was almost like a 12 hour day because people started coming at one. And I think, I think like about midnight is when everybody I think was finally leaving um, and I wasn't even like, you think, especially being sick, you think that I would have dropped at the end. And I, I guess I was on a high and I, when everybody left, I'm like, Oh, I kind of wish people were still here. <laughs> um, it did, it went super fast, but like, you know, I always say to my students, time flies when you're having fun. <laughs> like, it's just, it's true, you know, but it flew, but it, um, no, it wasn't a blur. It definitely wasn't a blur, which is good because I wanted to be able to remember it. And, and also I think what helped for me is I can't drink alcohol right now. And because I can't drink alcohol, uh, my mind was very sharp. <laughs> and <because laughs> if I do drink, I tend to, you know, then things become a blur. But because I can't drink right now, it actually was a blessing for me because I was really able to appreciate and soak in everything and and have fun without having to have a drink. Did you get to connect with anybody that maybe you didn't know previously or didn't know that well? Um, I think not. I don't think so. I think everybody that came really, I, I felt I've already felt very close to, um, you know, besides the meetups, we've done those, you know, the hike. And um, so I definitely think I got to talk to some people more than I, than I have. Um, Tyler, you know, I feel like he's become such a good friend, but not even like, at the, you know, you had kind of connected him with me in the last, you know, month or so because of being sick. And he was, he's been an amazing help for me um, in my journey and giving me great advice. So we've become closer even more because of that. Um, so I feel like because of that, and then now at my meetup, I know him so much more deeply and, and not that I didn't consider him a friend before, but I consider him now like a really good friend. Um, but I, and everybody, every single person that was here at my house, I consider 
a really great close friend, everybody. Um, and people who couldn't make it, there's a lot of close friends that couldn't make it. Um, but I don't think, I think, um, I think I connected with everybody pretty equally and I don't besides that new, you know, closer relationship with Tyler, but that started before the meetup. Um, yeah, I don't think I connected with anybody. I think, I think, I think I connected with everybody even deeper. Like I think, you know, I think every time you get one of these meetups, you're going to get deeper and deeper relationships with the people that you're already close with. And that was one of the nice things about your meetup too, is that it felt like it was pretty evenly distributed uh, as far as how much time we had, you know, and, and I felt like I had gotten to spend a nice amount of time with every single person and, and got to see each person where I didn't get home and go, Oh my gosh, you know, we were in the same room at one point and I, I totally, you know, didn't get to, um, to, to speak to that person. So it was just, that was a nice part of it. I think too, cause it was more, um, I think what we had about 21 people here, I think. So in past meetups that I've gone to, there have definitely been where I didn't get to talk to everybody cause it was just so large, you know, and I, and, um, and you don't get around to everybody. I think this number, I mean, I would love to do it again and I hope more people come someday in the future, even more people. But I think for my first meetup, this was like a nice number because it was, it was almost intimate. And like you said, you were able to get around and talk to everybody. So I think that that number kind of helped, but, um, but I hope next meetup we can get maybe double that. <laughs> oh, I like the sound of that. <laughs> um, so in the evening, though, we, we toured your neighborhood uh, for a specific reason. So why was that something that you added to the meetup? So we have the street that's parallel to my street called Colonial. Um, they go out of the ballpark with their Halloween decorations. So they um, spent a lot of money. I would say there's maybe like almost 10 houses on that block that really decorate. They have like huge animatronic things and they light the houses up. I mean, it's just over the top and the town has a contest. So they're all competing against each other. And there are more houses around town, but this is the only street where like, um, they're all clustered. They were, they're clustered together. Um, it's interesting because I never, I always, I always hated Halloween. Not when I was little, but when you become a teacher, you don't really love Halloween because it's a crazy day at school. You're dealing with all the parents coming in and it's just chaos. And it's hard to like, you know, I'm a very like structured, you know, keeping everything managed in my classroom and that all goes out the window on Halloween. So I'm always like dreading Halloween, but after moving here, it's one of my favorite the holidays now because I love what they do with these houses and we always take people around um, and go on these this Halloween walk and see the houses. So I was that was one thing I was bummed at when I saw that it was going to be like torrential rain. Um, but then somehow you know Joe took everybody and you know whoever wanted to go, he did a couple rounds in his in his truck and took people to see them. But I think um, I think both groups were able to get out. And because it was just slightly drizzling at that point and we're able to get to walk around and really like interact with some of the, the Halloween characters and stuff like that. So it's a cool block. It's a really cool block. I mean, you, you saw it, right? You, you liked it. I took the trip with you, Jason Knox, yeah. Robin and Joe. And it was yeah. at a point too, where it had stopped raining largely. So we were able to get out and explore, but I've never seen anything like that. I mean, the, the, the detail and the time that people put into designing you know, these homes and making them fun and scary. And at one point we even, we walked up on somebody's driveway um, and 
um, you had mentioned that that the owners of the home they wanted people to do that because they wanted mm-hmm. you know them to explore the stuff that was on the lawns and and around and you know on the on the walkway and it was just it was one of those things where um it was it was such a nice addition to the the um to your meetup that it made it memorable in that way as well too because it was something completely unique you know that I'll always attach to my memories of that meetup awesome I'm glad and so it was a great idea a lot of fun and um it just I was it's it's amazing to see a neighborhood that comes together like that. You know, we see that a lot of times, like for for the holidays. You know, where they'll they'll do these you know ornate holiday decorations, and then to see it you know at Halloween too, where it's completely different, and to have ghouls. And I mean, there was one point where there was what looked like a corpse that was wrapped up in in like a bag on somebody's yeah. lawn, and I just thought, oh my gosh, like it was uh some re- there was some really like fun stuff, and then really kind of creepy, ghouly, you know weird things and it was just a, a nice kind of blend of everything well lit and uh how many pumpkins were on that that one person's lawn oh like, i uh gosh there had to be like 50 right they were like just at all the ones that were carved you meant right yeah, they the were all carved they, yeah. and they weren't on the lawn i should say but they were they were positioned on the lawn like in, in this what looked like shelving almost yep yeah, because there was like one row, and then the row behind it was like lifted, and they're they're not they're like the the fake pumpkins though that look real, and every year they keep adding to it. And if you look closely at the carvings, it's it's obviously things that are special to the family. So like they they carved like they had like a Super Mario, they had um, Bravo. I guess the mom probably watches the mom. <laughs> the dad, dad can watch Bravo too, right? right. Um, uh, there were sporting teams. A uh, little disappointing because there every year there's never any Star Wars pumpkin. So I guess they, maybe I'll have to carve my own and just shove it on their lawn <laughs> because they don't have a Star Wars pumpkin. But yeah, it's, it's the amount of detail that they put into it is just, and that's why we we, we named this event um, the New Jersey Freaky Frolic. So when it was going to rain, like how are we we're supposed to frolic? Like how, how can we call it this and we can't frolic? <laughs> well, we still did, and and it just again it added so much to the event. Uh, it was a really cool thing. It was I, I I just figured that it wasn't going to happen because of the rain, but it was just such a nice addition, and I'm glad we got to do it. Awesome. If uh, if you were going to rate your meetup from a one to a ten, and I don't want you to be modest, I really just as far as the way that you experienced it and what the experience was like for you, um, what would you rate it? So from I'm gonna can I give it two ratings? And sure, I'll tell you yeah. why it's here. So for for what I experienced and my like just me being with everybody and um I'm gonna give that a ten just because it was so good to be with all my friends. Um the meetup as a whole, just because um I'm not a perfectionist, but you know, there's I, I always say there's room for growth. So I'll give it the meetup like a nine, because there's always, you know, things that we could do better. Um and that I'll keep it at that nine just so it will if if and when I do another, not if, when I do another meetup, um, I will just strive to make it even better. I think that's, you know, just, there's always room for growth. So on the whole, from my work end of it, I'll give it like a nine. And that is big for me because you know me and I am pretty modest and usually I'm very critical of myself. So, um, but, but as of my experience with it and being with everybody a, a 10 plus 11, as Spinal Tap says, it goes to 11. <laughs> <laughs> well, I'm happy to hear you say that because that's, I, I would give it, you know, an, an 11 or a 10 plus as well too. Um, and I think, I think everyone who went would say the same thing because it was so connective. It was so joyous. Um, it was really, I just, I came away from it going that, well, that was the perfect day. Um, awesome. 
but so you, you gave yourself a nine. And again, I, I think that's, that's very fair to do. Uh, there's always room for improvement. We learn and then and we grow from there. Um, mm-hmm. So is there anything that you can think of now that you would do differently for next time? Mm-hmm. That's a really good question. Um, I can't think, I think I would like to have like something maybe that, that like we could do like, so we used to do like a holiday, we would do before the pandemic, like every year we would have a holiday party with our friends and we always had a craft. So the one year we had um, Santa Claus hats and glitter glue and all kinds of things that people could decorate their hats with. And then they wore their hats for the meetup. And like one year we made um, ornaments. So maybe adding something kind of cool like that, like in the basement, something like maybe like a star Wars craft or something that, that people could leave with like a memento that they could add to like their collections um, to remember that meetup. I mean, I know I had the swag, but I think that if it was something that they could create and leave with, um, that might be kind of cool. My family and I do that at Thanksgiving um, in preparation for Christmas. So we, we always make an ornament and we have, um, you know, all of, all the family members uh, design and decorate an ornament. We started doing that because, um, you know, with my nephews, they were, they were young and it would be a fun activity for them. Uh, and it became a fun activity for us and we just continue that tradition. So I could definitely see that happening at a meetup. Um, I think that would certainly be interesting. And as you know, we all love swag and taking home items and adding them to our collections. So that would be the perfect way to go. Awesome. So I'll plan that for next time. I'll start thinking now. <laughs> I like it. I like the idea. Um, well, so I was going to ask you this anyway, but I think you've already answered it a few times. Um, would you consider hosting another event at your house in the future? Definitely. Definitely. And I think it would be to think like, do I make it like, do we just do Halloween every year or do I think for Joe, I would maybe have to try to do like a, a summer or spring one so they could get to enjoy his gardens. I don't know, but I don't know when, but um, we'll def- definitely give it some breathing room and give more people a chance to do meetups. But, um, definitely, I would definitely do one again, as long as it's, as long as there's a want for it. I'm glad to hear that. And I, I think, um, yeah, I think whenever you plan to do it, will be the perfect time for you guys and we will be there. So <laughs> awesome. If you were just looking back on the day and, and, um, and thinking about some of the moments, um, which moments would make it into the highlight reel for you? Um, I think, which you kind of said this too a little bit, I think stepping back and just even moments that I wasn't involved in and just seeing people engaged and talking and being with each other, um, going through my collection on their own where they didn't even need me and seeing Joe engaging with everybody. And um, Joe's, Joe's, um, for his job, he's very, he has to be outgoing because he's like a, you know, marketing director and brand manager. But he always says in life, like I'm, I'm the social butterfly one. I'm the one who gets things going. So he's more reserved than me, but to see him talking to everybody and connecting with everybody that those are the moments, you know, that, that meant the most to me and really stick out for me. Did you receive, have you received any feedback um, about the meetup yet? Yeah. I think, I mean, within between that night people left and then just messages the next day and then just comments on Facebook. Yeah. Everybody just seemed to have so much fun. And, um, and that, that's just, that's what means the most to me. You know, I don't care, but I, I want to have fun, but that, but I care more about everybody else having fun. Did you hear any feedback about your collection? 
Um, yeah, yeah, definitely. People were complimentary and, um, and you know, my dad's art came up and so, yeah, absolutely. This is kind of a, a strange question, but I, I, it was one I was thinking about during the week. Did hosting give you a different perspective of our friends or of our collecting community? Um, <clears throat> I don't know if it gave me a different perspective, but I, it definitely solidified for me, as I said before, what this is all about. And it's about friends just wanting to get together and be together. Um, I think everybody that was here, I already felt very close to and have a relationship with. So um, that did not change. It just grew even stronger. That's nice to hear too, because that's what, that's really what you want, you know, as you're, as you're yeah. leaving a, somebody's meetup uh, or you're, you're hosting and everyone is, you know, leaving at the end of the night, you want to feel those deeper connections. You want to come away from it with in jokes and stories and, and just a, you know, a, a truly memorable time that really outlasts a lot of even the collectibles that we, that we pursue and that we, you know, that we're interested in. Definitely. Um, if, if someone was considering a meetup, and I think there are a lot of people who would like to have people over and would like to host a meetup, but either they have their own doubts or they're just unsure of how to do it or whether people would show up, what would you say to somebody to encourage them? Just to do it. <laughs> like just that there is no, like we said before, there's in this community of ours, there's and in all of our friends, there's no judgment. Um, People are just happy to see what you have and how you display things. And, um, and they're just happy for you to provide a space for them to come to, to get together um, and, and have an excuse to, to be together. So just, just don't, don't delay, just do it. If you feel like you want to have people over, um, don't hesitate. And that's the sound bite right there is don't <laughs> delay. Just, just take the step. <laughs> you know, give it a try. Um, you and I, we, we've also talked about, um, people who maybe have never attended a regional club meetup or an event or, you know, something like Star Wars celebration convention. Um, for those people, for people who aren't even considering hosting because they're not even, you know, connected yet, how would you encourage them to get involved and connected into the, the Star Wars collecting clubs and the, and the Star Wars community at large? Um, I would say go, <clears throat> go to a meetup, like just, you know, if you're seeing that the a meetup is coming in your area or part of whatever um, Facebook group you might be in, go to a meetup. I mean, and bring a friend with you. If you're afraid to go alone, like even if it's somebody who's not star Wars related, just bring a friend with you. I mean, I definitely would have been intimidated to go by myself. Now I wouldn't, I would obviously go all the time by myself, but Going with Robin definitely, you know, broke the ice for me. Um, but even when I went with Robin, I think I barely saw her that day at Ross's house. We were together in the beginning. I stuck with her for a little bit. Then I started talking to one new person, met another. And then we were really separated for most of the day because we were meeting different people. So just, just kind of rip the bandaid off and go because it changed my life. It literally changed my life going to that meetup. I'm so glad you did because that's, you know, again, that's where you and I became friends and we started this amazing journey of uh, doing the, the Ahsoka Holics round table of, of, you know, chatting about Ahsoka over the last, you know, three years and about Star Wars, going to different meetups together, even during COVID, you know, meeting up at a place like Toy Con NJ or going to different people's homes and 
um, it's just wonderful. So I'm so thankful that our friendship has grown and blossomed over that time and that we've had these moments together. And now that you've hosted your first meetup um, and it was an immense success, you know, a, a 10 plus, um, just uh, <laughs> really thankful for, for all of all of the time that we've had together over the years as well. Back at you, David, 100%. All right. Well, FJ, again, uh, it was it was so much fun talking to you about this. I really thank you so much for taking the time to do this because I think people need to hear about this. They need to know what it's like, you know, to host an event and to have people come, you know, come to your house, um, and and just what that what that is overall, and what the experience is like to go to somebody's house and and um, you know to experience a. Uh, meet up together. So uh, I'm really thankful that you decided to do the Freaky Frolic in October. Uh, it was wonderful visiting you and Joe, and uh, I, I'm so glad to hear that there's going to be another one. I look forward to the next one. Awesome, David. Me too. All right. I hope you have a wonderful weekend. Uh, I, I miss being at your home already, and uh, can't wait for the next one. <laughs> awesome. Thanks, David. Thanks, David.